when I say regulations, I think there's probably two types of responses. One is uh, the traditional response you might get from some elected officials will say, well, it's red tape. It gets in the way of business occurring, a government being too big. And then there's the other side that say, wait a minute, regulations actually built this con- uh, country. Think of uh, the safety regulations when you get onto a plane or perhaps uh, uh, regulations that govern the quality of the food that you eat. It matters. And that's one of the reasons we're a prosperous, developed nation. So there's always that push and pull of regulations. Joining me now to talk a little bit about our regulatory regime is Laura Jones. She is uh, chair of the External Advisory Committee on Regulatory Competitiveness. She also is the president and CEO of the Business Council of British Columbia. Laura, thank you for joining us today. Oh, Jazz, thank you so much for having me on. And when you said, when I say regulations, you might think, I thought I thought you might you might be about to say, I'm bored, that a lot of people <laughs> think I'm bored when you say regulations. Well, it, so it, we'll try not to make this boring because yeah. I actually think regulations can be really... Regulations are really, really important, so we'll try and make this interesting for so, folks. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and people are going to go, oh, okay, it's boring, but it, uh, it, it's what makes this nation. It really does when you talk about just standards and, and, and all those things that we care deeply about. So first of all, let's talk about this this committee itself. Like, it, it, is this a federal committee? What is the role it plays? What is, is it hoping to accomplish? Okay, so it is a federal committee. Uh, Treasury Board uh, brought together a committee of uh, people with very different perspectives, so some academics, some business, some from civil society, in order to give them some external, that's really important, external advice, because they kind of recognize they can get a little in the bubble Mm -hmm. in Ottawa. And so this is a committee to give external advice. We started meeting last October, and our first advice letter is now public. And so I'm very pleased to be here to talk to you about the so advice letter. Me, what did the advice letters say? So the first thing that we did as a committee is our, our title is Super Boring External um, Advisory Committee on Regulatory Competitiveness, which I challenge anyone to say five <laughs> times fast. Um, but we, we took that regulatory competitiveness and we said, is that really what we mean? And is that really what we want to talk about? Because to your earlier point, I think that gets people into the reducing red tape lane, which is important. Don't get me wrong. And I am very passionate about that side of it. But we shifted the frame and we said, what we want to be known for in Canada is regulatory excellence. And there are two sides of regulatory excellence. Mm -hmm. The first is high standards, the standards that we um, want to protect our food, our our safety, our environment. And the second part of it is while minimizing compliance burdens or more colloquially known as red tape, like Mm -hmm. minimizing those frustrations, whether it's waiting too long in line or, um, you know, being stuck in voicemail jail, or if you're a major company being stuck in a long delayed permitting process, process that's unnecessary. All of this stuff that costs us time Mm -hmm. and money um, makes our collective blood pressure go up. All of that stuff, let's minimize that while maximizing the kind of the safety and the protection that we can get. And that is what will deliver great outcomes for the country. Do you think this country has been mired in that regulatory process that it just delays everything to to get done? I'm, I'm using energy industry is one example, or just, you know, any natural resource development project. That's one sector of our economy, don't get me wrong. And, and we should care about our environment. We should have people testing lakes and all those kind of things that you do that do take time. But is it fair to say that I always find in other countries, things get approved, and I'm talking about developed nations, things get approved a lot faster. And we sometimes fall into this sort of analysis paralysis that we just take so long that companies sometimes go, you know what, we're just going to walk away. 
Oh, 100% that happened. In fact, we heard across the board, whether you're talking about, we talked to immigrants, we talked to small business owners, we talked to uh, bigger companies. Across the board, there's a strong feeling that the regulatory system in Canada needs attention, desperately needs attention, that it could be a great competitive advantage for us, but right now there are serious frustrations. You talked about larger companies being uh, waiting for permits and, and processes and the investment that goes along with that. There are very real implications for all Canadians when that happens, because when those big projects don't come to Canada or come to British Columbia, those jobs don't come to British Columbia. That tax revenue that supports mm -hmm. healthcare and education doesn't come to British Columbia. So very real implications of that. And that's happening on the big project side. It's happening with respect to small business. It's happening with respect to, we heard, uh, we had a group that does micro lending to immigrants come and talk to us about being stuck in these horrible situations where you need Canadian experience to get a license, but you can't get a license without Canadian experience. Mm. I mean, how crazy is that? And then we have these capable people not contributing um, in the ways they could. And at the same time, they themselves are, are, are suffering now. Shout out to the provincial government here um, because they are doing some good work. Um, there's legislative piece where there's going to be um, trying to work to get those uh, credentials recognized faster mm -hmm. and eliminate some of the really stupid stuff. Like, why do you have to take a language test twice if yeah. you're an immigrant? You yeah. know, that's just unnecessary time and energy. How much of this, uh, and I know when I'm going back to resource development again, there was at one time, we're not going to have dual environmental assessments. You know, if the yeah. federal government's doing one, that should be enough. We don't need the provincial government doing one. Is that part of the conversation as well uh, in regards to just the, 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 the dual role of provincial and federal governments at, at times fighting each other as well? Yeah, we didn't hit on that specific, but it is okay. a good example. And actually, British Columbia has been a leader in that. And in, in only the flip of that is that, that there are some where the provincial, if the provincial government is doing it, then the federal gov government recognizes it. And clearly, we need to do a ton more of that. Um, but our advice letter was kind of really hit um, three big themes. One was to um, make regulatory excellence a priority. First, we have to say this matters mm -hmm. and that we are going to work on minimizing those compliance burdens wherever they are and also make sure we've got high, um, uh, very good outcomes. And that matters too, because look at our salmon, our blueberries that get marketed around the world. And one of the things that gets marketed is how safe they are mm -hmm. and how they come from a country known for food safety and environmental quality. So that is part of the competitive advantage um, uh, for us. So make regulatory excellence a priority was the first theme. The second theme is to equip Canada's regulators to be world class. They need basic core training. Think about how fast the world is mm -hmm. uh, changing when it comes to things like AI. And these tools can be put to great use. Um, uh, Microsoft and the city of Kelowna have a project going where they're looking at using AI to approve basic housing permits. And I know a lot wow. of municipalities are looking at that. Mm -hmm. Well, that then frees up all that time Mm -hmm. um, for regulators to focus on other more complicated tasks. So we need to be on top of that in order to be uh, excellent at what we do. And then modernizing engagement. And we talked about some of the benefits in terms of investment and revenue for governments. Um, but I want to bring it down to something that people care a lot about mm -hmm. right now, and that's healthcare. Okay. One of the presenters came in and talked to us 
about um, a form that low-income people need um, to fill out in order to have access to health care. And this form was way too long. It was bouncing back and forth between the low-income, this is in Nova Scotia, but this is very relevant for all provinces, including British Columbia. It was bouncing back and forth between the doctors and the patients. Okay, so Nova Scotia worked with the doctors to streamline this form. Patients are better off, clearly. Not only that, this one form alone freed up six thousand hours of doctor's time. Sorry, six, sorry, 6,000, yeah. 18,000. Oh, that was a big number. 6,000, which is a big enough number. Mm-hmm. 6,000 hours, 18,000 patient visits. Oh my Eight, God. One form. So this matters. This isn't just yeah. boring. Oh, well, it's just one. That's one form. 18,000 patient visits for the province of Nova Scotia. There's a study out that uh, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business did, looking at this across Canada, 10% reduction in uh, red tape for doctors in British Columbia would translate to 800,000 patient visits. Patient visits. So it, we need, this matters, it's time to take it a lot more seriously. How much of this also, and I'm, I'm gonna go back to industry again, it's just at times even just providing clarity for business, that if you're gonna go and have to go through a process with government, Here's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and here's the timeline it should take, and this should be the maximum. I always find, even on this show, when I talk to various businesses and talk to business leaders privately, is, you know, when we're dealing with government, it, the goalposts change always. And, and a couple of times I've talked to business leaders with projects that they're hoping to get approval for. It's like, you know, if we had started, if, if I was, what I knew now, I wouldn't have gone through this process, right? And I'm talking about projects that are a couple hundred million dollars worth of investment in this province. How much of this also is just a conversation with clarity from government? Here's the process. If you follow it, you'll either be approved or not, but these are the rules you go by. And uh, clarity seems to be part of the challenge as well. Clarity and, um, yeah, not changing the goalposts mid-project, that's extremely frustrating. And what that does is it sends a message not just to to, to, to that um, company involved. It sends a pretty big message um, outside of the province that, mm-hmm. hey, you know what, if you're looking at British Columbia or another province or another country, maybe you want to look more closely at the other countries. Um, you know, I, I, I know someone who's fond of asking the question, what's being said about British Columbian boardrooms around the world? And I think that's an important question. And it would be good if the public had a better sense of what's being said, because it matters to everyone. And we're all worried right now about the price of groceries. That's, that's what people are talking about at the supermarkets. Well, we need those big projects. Um, and we need, uh, we need small business to thrive. We need big businesses to thrive um, in order to create the affordability conditions that we that we all want in this province. Laura Jones, thanks for dropping by. Thank you so much for having me. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone. And for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.